How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I am joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going today, Dave? It's going good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, you know? Woke up, ready for the podcast. We usually start these bright and early, very close to, you know, the time I wake up. <laughs> ah, the uh, the 8 a.m., or sometimes even earlier, maybe when the sun comes out. Yeah, no, not, yeah, yeah I don't know. Feels wrong to lie to the listeners, you know. We've, More than we we've never do, done a weekend record before lunch, <laughs> before standard okay. lunch. That's absolutely true. Yeah, this yeah. is usually our breakfast. Um, I even like slept in till eleven today. Mm-hmm. At that, I was like, "Oh, we'll do a slow wake up," and then I had my standard breakfast, and I realized it's around lunchtime. I was like, "I should probably eat something else too." Right. But then, like defrosted two chicken patties to go along with my cup full of cereal and energy drink i mean that's fair how are the defrosted chicken patties eh. <laughs> i should have left them in a little bit longer so they crisp up a little bit more instead of it just being warm yeah. i don't want to say soggy but it just felt like eh, chicken yeah. um I just like that you didn't explicitly say that you cooked them. <laughs> it's just that, or maybe I, I let them sit out and <laughs> I did nothing else. Uh-huh. I like to put it under a sun lamp and just come back in a day or two. Uh-huh. That's fair. Speaking of sun lamps, um, they have these uh, like kind of personal light lamps for like light therapy. And mm-hmm. like we got two of them a while back. I don't think I ever talked about them. Um, I don't use mine that much, but my wife, my wife, my wife does occasionally. Um, and they're just like, they're very bright, but they like emit a kind of like warm light. And usually when people hear the term warm light, you mean like, so it's not just white light, right? It's like yellowish or orangish mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. something. And like, you can adjust that as well, but also like it literally feels warm if you put your hand in front of it, like because of how many lumens they put out. They're absolutely absurd. Um, and they're actually really nice if it's pretty consistently, uh, overcast or dreary or something like that. I imagine the UK would love them, um, or Seattle, I guess. Um, but they're pretty cool. Do you have it set up with home automation at all to be like, (laughs) Oh, it's this time. Let me turn it on for 15, 20 minutes. I've thought about it, and like I, I, I wanted to. I thought about if it was plausible, but unfortunately, home automation kind of like falls off if it requires buttons in addition to power, right? So in this case, the 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 version we have like has to be turned on, and then you can set like a timer if you want, or you can like leave it on, but you have to hit a button to turn it on, right? There's some circuit, or you know, well, can't you board. leave? the button on for that device and then have the outlet controlled if it was like a physical toggle yes in like a traditional light switch way but this is just like oh if power is ever lost then the next time power is reconnected it won't turn back on again you have to hit the button again yeah Ah. so unless home automation involves like that uh one of those like uh woodpecker things that like sips water from a cup Mm -hmm. i could just like line it up to the uh i mean you can make this as rude goldberg as you want but Uh Um, unfortunately I'm mostly on the, <laughs> what can I get done with just the electric side right now? So <laughs> I'm not really doing, or not even electric, but you know, straightforward automation or having like light switches that can be controlled with automation. Um, usually yeah, I, where I stop. 
I like the perception of convenience in my apartment, mm-hmm. which is basically just turning on Christmas lights in like two different rooms. That's really the extent of it. Yeah. But it's nice for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think there is definitely like there's so much further I could go with it for home automation. And right now we're we're part of the um uh the the g word <laughs> automation to not trigger anyone's actual automation at home that's why they use when we're talking about it in the home uh if i'm if i said some voice command or something like that and jenny is like oh are you talking to me i was like no i'll just say i'm speaking to automation we use the word automation as a replacement for the a gotcha. word or the g word <laughs> just to avoid triggering anything which is kind of funny maybe a little dystopic um but I know you can replace that whole thing with like the open source, like home automate, I think it's called. I haven't done that at all. I know there's fun stuff you can do is like as the car approaches the home, maybe you turn on the RGB lights or whatever and play Despacito. <laughs> but haven't really done that either. Well, it is just like a nice little thing. Um, like when I was visiting my uncle and aunt out west. Uh, they had a thing, it's just basically a garage door opener, but like yeah. when you're close enough, it just detects in range, like, oh, I'll open the garage for you. Yeah. Again, mm-hmm. a minor convenience thing, because you could really just push a button, but mm-hmm. it's a nice thing to have. Uh, in the same way, if I had a more consistent schedule, I'd be like, oh, um, make me coffee in the morning mm-hmm. type thing, which would be cool. And then like on day two, I'd be like, I don't want coffee. Yeah. And then there's just mm-hmm. a pool of coffee, because I haven't replaced a cup and the automation's still running and yeah i the coffee maker is like a a good idea i know there's programmable coffee makers mm-hmm. that like let you do that right um but i've gone in the opposite direction like until recently i was using a keurig and now i'm using an uh, electric kettle in an aeropress <laughs> and the electric kettle just has like you just push down a button behind it like it's, it's a, a little toggle yep and it'll sit down until it's heated up enough and then it flips up and you know that it's it's done heating right um completely immune to automation there's again you need the little little sippy bird <laughs> to be able to hit the button at 8 a.m if you want that your your cup of coffee um but i don't know maybe it's uh maybe it's a little bit paradoxical but i kind of like the analog nature of making coffee um it's more satisfying for me to kind of stand there and mix things and like cup the grounds and stuff like that. It sounds dangerously close to enjoying cooking, Jake. I know. Yeah. I think this is the, this is how I get you in. Mm-hmm. We had some, uh, so we had spaghetti not that long ago. We had some like leftover sauce in the pan and I was like, Hey, we've also got leftover rice. What if we have like, some of this rice and spaghetti sauce. And that's 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 about as close as I come to cooking. But I did it on the stove. I didn't put it in the microwave. So, you know, big improvement. Um, and it actually tasted pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's, Advanced that's basically recipe. all I do for cooking, by the way. Because it's like you're just mixing things together, making sure they're cooked. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, there's obviously like dishes you can do and whatnot. But like the last thing I made was I put some rice in a rice cooker. Mm-hmm. I cooked up some ground meat. I di- chopped up a, a green pepper. I put in some, what is it? Not chunk pineapple, but the crushed pineapple. Then I had some teriyaki sauce. And I just let that kind of all go in the pan together. Mm-hmm. And then I had that with some rice. I'm like, oh, that's tasty. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. again, it's really just 
adding things, adding heat, and then just tasting to make sure, oh, this is what I want. Yeah, no, that's I get that. And I'm I'm not opposed to it. We actually have um mid next week we have uh uh a delivery for a standing freezer, like a garage ready freezer coming out. Mm-hmm. Um because I thought we were getting like a good deal around Black Friday. And uh I've since checked it a couple times and it's the exact same price. And I'm just like, okay, maybe we just bought this pretty close to like whatever the normal price yeah. was. Um but it's fine. It costs like roughly forty to fifty dollars a year in power, according to like the Energy Star rating. Um, but it's all freezer, right? Just think of a refrigerator. It's like that, but it's all freezer. Um, and technically, they're a little bit more efficient if you get like a chest freezer where you could just like you just lay the body into it. But <laughs> for a standing freezer, it's more convenient because you can kind of organize things, right? Um. And this is part of our in our endeavor to kind of like bulk buy some frozen things that we can then cook later, right? Because um, it's like I could order pizza, but it's pretty reliably going to be like thirty plus dollars, maybe even more if we get like a side or something like that. Whereas you could defrost pizza, yeah, or like a frozen pizza from like Sam's Club is tremendously inexpensive by comparison. Um, so it's a little bit of upfront money. It'll take a little bit to to work it off, but the goal is that it's going to be a, a cost saving measure in the long term. And some of this stuff could be ingredients, right? Maybe we freeze some things. I like how then... my brain is like, "What do you mean pizza ingredients? <laughs> <laughs> right. What well, can I'm I just... make with this slice of uh, with a slice of pepperoni and a slice of uh, what's another pizza type?" Uh, a mozzarella, a pepperoni, uh, chicken, uh, and this and this chicken parm pizza. Ooh, chicken parm pizza sounds delicious. And then Jake just cuts it up and puts it in the pans. Mm-hmm. We actually had chicken parm recently because it was again we we purchased it from Sam's Club, um, not sponsored, but if they want to, that would be fine. Um, and it's like, it was so delicious. It was so good. I was like, this is a frozen food, right? Like, this is the type of thing where the next time we go, we could just buy four of these, load them up in the mm-hmm. freezer. That's the advantage, right? So, that's going to be the meta. Some frozen things come out well. I just, in my head, I'm always like, no. Uh-huh. Unless it's like frozen fruit for smoothies, my brain typically doesn't go to frozen stuff. I mean, outside of the chicken patties I just mentioned a little bit ago, right. I'm, I'm slowly getting on the train, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of things that are much better fresh, right? Like pretty much cuisine. anything you're gonna get from <laughs> a uh, like vegetable and fruit aisle <laughs> section at the grocery store, right? But for convenience, um, and then also consolidating purchases, right? If you're doing bulk buying, frozen stuff tends to work a lot better. Um, like we bulk buy cheese, for instance, right? Like nice pre-sliced cheddar right nice nice sharp cheddar mm-hmm. um but it comes in like three stacks <laughs> in one package and it's a lot of cheese and i love cheese but it is a lot of cheese like you need to really want to make nachos several times a week in order to really make a dent in this and usually by the end of it it's like i'm starting to cut off little pieces of mold and stuff like that and it's like it doesn't keep that long no. so frozen stuff helps mitigate it yeah, and the same probably that way for a lot of vegetables too. 
I know you're talking about like getting some salads recently yep. and a lot of those only have like three or four days of the fridge. And so if you're not feeling it for one meal, you're like, Oh, there's money out the window. I get yep. that. Exactly. That's hit mm-hmm. me a lot too. And then also, you know, it has the potential, right? In the skill tree of life, if you have freezer space, it opens up the further uh, skill skill point investment towards um, freezing or preparing your own foods longer term. Um, although I don't know if we're, we're willing to make that jump right now, right? So we'll see. Well, I would like to hear more about your food adventures in the future and see sure. how that's going. Yeah, we'll Which keep definitely up to date. me and the audience will check back on you and see how that's going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if the audience wants to hear about that, send in an email. That's the way you should check up on me. <laughs> My frozen food adventures. Dear Soapstolen <laughs> Podcast, specifically Jake, what uh-huh. are you putting in your freezer? Sincerely, a fan. Uh huh. That would be very funny. Just have like a status update, but that would be. We've done some boring things on the podcast before. <laughs> that would be the most boring thing. <laughs> Well, I've been freezing some green bell peppers, uh, one or two Omaha steaks. Uh, See, that three, sounds three pounds of cheese. That's not too bad, actually. My concern would be the by the nature of freezing things, it's not changing what's in the freezer that much, right? <laughs> so, it's status update: the same things, right? So, yeah, just all Mrs. T's pierogies. I get it. Ooh. Oh, we haven't we haven't had pierogi. Well, the reason we haven't had pierogies well, yeah. in a long time is because potato. Yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> I hate the Irish too. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean that's a that's a side thing. Um shout out to our Irish listeners. Um in the world of video games, what's happened though? Occasionally we talk about video games on the podcast. Uh I think just recently, uh the game awards happened. Sure. Which is typically your uh year in review for video games, uh hosted by Jeff Keeley. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of different contenders for different categories, such as obviously game of the year, but also soundtrack, accessibility, things fans voted on, best voice actor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Uh, so we watched this as a group in our Discord on Thursday, mm-hmm. and we jotted down some notes of some highlights, some games we're excited about, uh, some of the winners. So I was wondering if yeah. you're okay with it, uh-huh. Jake, you, uh, if we could, you know, kind of recap some of the highlights of the game awards sure yeah um sounds good to me do you have a particular uh starting point or are you thinking how, how do you want to categorize the highlights are these just across the entire show there's stuff that was interesting stuff that was announced uh awards or all of the above probably all of the above i'd probably want to start with um some highlights of things that we saw trailers on that sure. kind of got us hyped all and right. I think I did this in order of events, at least as far as my manic notes. But right. the first one I have too, in all caps, is Pony Island Two. Yeah, is announced <laughs> for next year. Um, yeah. And I just, I'm very excited. The first Pony Island is not what you'd expect uh, out of that game from initial playing, mm-hmm. and then Inscription also kind of followed a similar route, uh, made by the same people. But I enjoyed both of them. I enjoy their stylings, their twists. It's just very interesting to me. Yeah. And the trailer for Pony Island 2 looked so good. And also featured Pro ZD yeah. uh, as a character. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I I think I played a bit of Pony Island. I don't remember much of it, but I think it was kind of it was because it was an acid trip. Um, 
I don't know if you can confirm or deny I'm thinking of the right game. Yes, you are. Um, you are thinking of the right game. But yeah, I know there's a lot of excitement for this. And I think, I don't know, in the same way, maybe all conventions and game get togethers and things like that trend towards the AAA and the whole capitalist process and all of that stuff. Um, but Pony Island was kind of a standout there. Um, and that it really wasn't <laughs> right. Um, this is very much coming from the indie space. I'm glad they haven't lost that. Um, also, uh, Daniel Mullins games. I just posted a picture here to Dave of his, uh, um, his background here. And this is a hundred percent new grounds. Like this is 200% new grounds flavor. Oh this is God, exactly yeah. what it is. I've definitely seen this before. Now I'm curious like... what he made on new grounds. Yeah. I'd be very surprised if there's nothing going on with Newgrounds in the background. But um, yeah, I think amongst our friend group, uh, Dan was also really, um, really excited for Pony Island. Uh, Ian was. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of funny with everything that was mentioned. But this indie, just off the first highlight, this might have been the biggest game announced for a lot of people. Uh it was the first one for me, but I wouldn't say the biggest. For even for announcements, so a natural follow up to that. What would be the biggest game announced for you then? Fuck, I'm scrolling down through my notes and panicking. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna mention one that threw me off because I know that there's gonna be articles and things on this one. This is a big this is this is a big one, right? Kojima Productions new game called OD with uh, Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. Um, one great on peel for continuing to branch out in, in new areas. They're like, all right, let's make a hit movie and do all of this stuff. And let's just, just do a video game with Kojima. That seems like the next step, right? <laughs> like, how do we get into gaming? I guess we just start with Kojima. Um, that's very funny to me uh, to like make that jump, but yes. And once again, it's one of those Kojima announcements where I'm like, I don't know what it is or uh-huh. where it's going. Um, it was described as being a new medium. So it's like part video game, part movie. Um, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens when it actually comes out. But the trailer, I guess, gameplay itself was showing what looked like some mocap faces. Yeah. Repeating a series of phrases and getting more scared. Uh-huh. That's really all we know. Um, it looks interesting, as uh-huh. most Kojima things do. But as always... I'm skeptical until I see actual gameplay. Yes. And there's not even ever really a guarantee that gameplay is going to fit the traditional definition of gameplay when it comes to Kojima games. He's just like, I made enough money with Death Stranding. All right, let's try something adventurous now, right? <laughs> it's like, like, oh, no, please. <laughs> Death Stranding too. Oh, oh, right, Let me use right. a controller. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. There's a hundred percent agreed. Who knows what direction that goes? Um, it feels weird to say, but maybe, uh, maybe Jordan Peele can be a stabilizing influence <laughs> for Kojima. I don't know. Um, See, here's the thing: I don't think so. Probably not. Because, like, no. with that Death Stranding, there was definitely a little bit of a partnership with Guillermo del Toro. Uh-huh. Maybe it was just his cameo, um, but Guillermo del Toro works with horror stuff and is pretty prolific for that yeah. and jordan peele has also gotten very much into uh the horror movie industry as well mm-hmm. uh with get out nope 
there's another one I'm not remembering. Yeah, those are the two I can think of. But Kojima is usually working with horror people to a degree. Uh, PT was another one, right? Yeah. Oh, my um, gosh. I still make jokes about PT for people who really wanted to play that game. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm curious to see where it goes. Because um, I think he is a creative guy and comes up with interesting things. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we'll find some way to slip in uh, somebody, female character being sexualized and then yeah. justify it later. I don't know. <laughs> but... I can't remember. I don't think that was. I don't think there was too much of that in Death Stranding. Maybe no, maybe he learned his lesson. Maybe maybe in the whole, maybe the whole time it was Konami. Well, in the hold background. on. You actually got to see Norman Reedus piss. Yeah, that's so. fair. That's fair. <laughs> Although he gets upset at you if you try to rotate the camera. I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that would be that would be my first answer. There's another game on here. I'll, I'll follow up after. Um. What what about for you amongst the amongst the announcements stood out? Because you said you wanted you there was something you were perhaps even more interested than. Um, so I guess Pony as Island far as 2. announcements is like, hey, this will become a thing. Yeah, Pony Island Two, uh, at least for right now, is probably at the top of my list. Sure, but as far as things that we got more information on that we've technically already known about, uh-huh. Senua Two, yeah, for me is probably my most anticipated game. I think that's fair. Yeah. I really enjoyed Senua 1. I did a cosplay at MAGFest as like a gender-bent Senua. Mm-hmm. Um, people said it was the best thing ever. I got seven photos taken with me. So it's shout out good. to those seven strangers. Um, friends of the show. All friends of the show. Seven, <laughs> seven strangers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're a, they're a gaming org now. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's just really cool, uh, very immersive, and I enjoyed the story and the gameplay. And I'd like to see more of what they do with it because um, it's just very fun for me. Right. And two looks amazing as far as graphics alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Some some really good stuff in the teaser. Um, I do think I think that you're correct. And I think the developers are, are incorrect for this game. Um, you, you called it Senua 2. I think that's a much better title than kind of continuing to call it Hellblade. Um, because the first was Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, and this and one's now it's Hellblade Senua's Saga, Hellblade Two. Yeah, and it's like I actually don't even think the word Hellblade needs it. It's it doesn't need to be. It honestly there. feels weird that it's there at all. It doesn't really have anything to do. Yeah, with the story, it just sounded cool. Yeah, it almost is like misleading, right? You you hear Hellblade and you're like, yeah, this is gonna be like God of War or. Freaking, um, what was the one with the Horseman of the Apocalypse? It's slipping oh, my mind right now. It's a game series that I do not like because it's always been very janky, yeah. but it has like really buff guys with swords. If you imagine everyone's an Arthas paladin armor, yeah, it's exactly that one. I can't remember the name of it right now. I know I have it on my Steam, I think it starts with a D Death Knight. No, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'll look it up later and feel real dumb. But anyways, uh, that's the name is kind of evocative of that. Um, so yeah, not sure on Hellblade two, but Senua is a great name. So looking forward to that one. Um, one that I wanted to mention, 
because uh, I don't know where this is going to go. <laughs> this is my I don't know how to feel about this intro intro. But somehow they let Sean Murray up on the stage. I don't know how it must have been a lapse <laughs> of judgment. Um, security wasn't paying attention this time or something. And Hello Games announced a new game called Light No Fire. <laughs> and they let Sean talk a little bit and he kind of went back to his. He, he seemed very. Um, I don't want to say insecure, but he has this way of talking in front of a lot of people where he's kind of like quiet and stuff, but he still overpromises a lot of a lot of things. And he even kind of memed on himself afterwards uh, because he talked about this new game they're going to be making where it's going to have like this massive scale and stuff. And then they made a post on X after the fact where he's like, all right, don't overpromise anything, Sean. And then. We're making Earth <laughs> F. <laughs> it just calls it out right there on the post. So at least he's kind of self-aware. Um, yeah. I think even Jeff Keeley in that their little chat on stage kind of gave him like a couple of elbow jabs. Uh-huh. He's like, do you really want to go down this road again? Because <laughs> um, for the uninitiated, No Man's Sky was massively overhyped and they had to spend many years getting the game into a posi- a place where it's it's kind of uh it's well accepted and enjoyed by the community and it's there now they've earned it they've it is the classical redemption story for a game that was overpromised and underdelivered but this is the second game by the same studio yeah so i i think the hope is hey they actually have learned their lesson mm-hmm. and they now how know how to make something that is dynamic but actually populated, make it interesting because mm-hmm. they've had 10 years uh, to correct the stuff with No Man's Sky and somewhere along the way they started this project as well. So I would like to believe uh, yeah. that it's going to be going in a good direction, but also I just I'm outside of that space. Um, I don't think it's going to be a thing for me, mm-hmm. but I would like to see them do well and have them succeed after the uh, that previous failure. Yeah, exactly. Right. And what's, what's kind of funny here. So I want to describe, I'm only, I, I looked up a quick brief explanation of what light, no fire is supposed to be. And it's a game about adventure building survival and exploration together. set on a fantasy planet, the size of earth brings to depth, uh, brings the depth of a role playing game to the freedom of a survival sandbox, which is kind of ambitious i actually think role-playing and survival like sandbox type games oftentimes are at exact odds by the nature of how people interact with those games i don't want to like start an essay right here i i will throw out the counter argument of minecraft is a thing um, true that is dynamic uh it keeps generating things as you go Mm-hmm. And it is also very much a sandbox game. But is it a is it a role-playing game would be my question. Because I don't think when people play Minecraft, they're really... You could no. say it's an RPG, maybe, in the loosest terms, but... Like, there's some technology things you can make, but you're not really mm-hmm. doing anything to improve your character. You're not making choices as they level up or anything like that. Right. Yeah, exactly. There's no real skill trees closest thing is honestly like the achievement system it's all it has progression i think progression is the closest thing you could tie to like to role playing but Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know this seems ambitious uh they do have multiplayer working for no man's sky and i can attest that that works 
pretty well now. Um, even if it's not, <laughs> it's not the type that everyone would appreciate. It's kind of like people visit your world or you visit people's world. It's not like an MMO, right? And so if they use a similar approach there, if they kind of copy paste it, I could see that working. My other concern here is there's a lot of horsemen of the apocalypse in open world survival crafting, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know, you know, is Halo Hello Games going to succeed here where every other survival crafting game is taking up some of the oxygen in the room? It seems kind of like a big ask for a game that's just announced in 2023, right? Um, yeah. I think so. it's hard to cut out a very specific niche for how populated it's been. Mm-hmm. Not to say it's impossible, because there's so many games that come out where it's, oh, I was not expecting it to go that way or that type of take. Yeah. So it is possible. It is just definitely big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. I also want to mention one other thing on this one. We'll move past it. But given every all of that history with the studio, I would have really appreciated like a shadow launch for the next game. Like if they would have just gone quiet on no man's sky, done just maintenance or whatever, they don't have to keep releasing free expansions forever. I don't know why they think that's the case. Um, Fine. I guess I'm sure the community appreciates it, but if they would have just gone silent for like a couple years and then come out with like, Hey, this year launch of our new game, that would have been, that would have completed the complete reversal of everything they did with no man's sky. Cause they'd be like, it's done. Here you go. Like, take a look at it, right? Um, maybe it's a question of funding. I know there can be so many things behind the scenes, but that would have been my perfect redemption arc for Hello Games. Um, but now we have questions, so we'll see where it, where it ends up. Uh, anything else on announcements that piqued your interest? Uh, I will say for a lot of people, World of Goo 2. Yeah. There hasn't been a game, uh, World of Goo, in 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a lot of people's Early, you got on like a Steam sale or something. Um, just a fun little goo game. Yeah. But it's cool I, to see that it actually is getting a sequel. Yeah, and it's like so long, so long after the first one, right? Yeah. Like no one really thought that this uh, series was going to continue. Um, it is rather kind people of... didn't even think it was a series. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, right. Um, but... It also, I, I would like to second your, your your thought there. This is one of those early games on Steam that like went on sale for a tremendous discount. So I feel like, like a three dollars for yeah, so long. A bunch of people just have it, whether they played it or not. Um, I'm not particularly hyped for it because this isn't the kind of game I'd like be hyped for. But um, I'm sure it'll sell better than World of Goo One did, and it'll probably be very successful. Yeah, that was just like a, an interesting one that kind of came up. Um, yeah, there's here. yeah, there's a lot that were announced. I, I, if it's kind of like a first look at a first announcement for a game, um, one of the ones, one of my top ones actually, but this is well into the realm of the unknown. This is just interest. This is not pre-order hype. This is what is going to happen here. It is Blade by Arcane? Mm-hmm. Um, because depending on which studio for arcane is you know going to contribute to it there's been a lot of successes coming out of arcane i don't want to pile on people when they're down um and i know that they had a lot of people leave the company um from um arcane that worked on redfall um 
but I want to believe. Uh, Blade could be really cool. I like vampires. I do think that there are not that many good vampire games. <laughs> True. So, uh, and I like action, right? Like, Blade is a really cool character. Like, undeniable in the action sphere. So, depending on where they go with it, it could be really cool. But we know not, nothing about it other than it's a game that might get made. <laughs> yeah. There were a couple of those. Um, another one in that exact same space trying to verify the name of it, was Den of Wolves. Mm-hmm. It didn't really show anything, but it looked kind of cool from the aesthetic and how they did the trailer. But again, no gameplay. It's more of a teaser than anything. Yes. Um, but it's like, okay, I would like to see more of that. Just mm-hmm. what the fuck is it? Yeah. I think it's kind of a, a mix, mixed bag. I think it's it's fine to have an announcement that you're making a game like this. It drums up hype. I'm sure there's financial incentives to do so. Um, but I don't know. We like have a. I have a long list of games that were announced. I don't know how many of them are going to see the light of day, right? So that's a pretty. That's a pretty pretty big drag on potential hype. Mm-hmm. Is unless you know it's coming out, how do you really talk about it? Um, so some of these other things, some of these games, I'd like to see a lot more. Um, big walk. Yeah, Look a lot more big walk out of them. Yeah. Again, don't know what the fuck that is, but it looks kind of cute. <laughs> uh-huh. um, how did you feel about them mentioning, hey, is this from an, an indie studio based in Australia? I mean, Australia can make good things sometimes. Um, well, I mean, did you get swept up in that or no? I saw <laughs> a lot of the internet did. Specifically because it was an indie from Australia? Yes. Really? And people have been waiting for Silk Song news. And Team Cherry is an indie studio from Australia. Ah, okay, so gotcha. I gotcha. think a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon of, "I, dear God, I hope it's Silk Song," and then yeah. it wasn't. I mean, at this point, addressing Silk Song and its absence, right? Because it is a topic. Um, I think Team Cherry pretty much has to stay completely quiet until they just launch the game they're like hey you can play it now <laughs> that's i know i sound like a broken record talking about release games closer to when you're talking about games but specifically for silk song this is one of those games people are very excited for right aj friend of the show was in channel and was talking about um titanfall 3 right mm-hmm. and how the subreddit's really upset that it's not announced and all that stuff yeah absolutely they will be and they'll continue to be upset if it seems like it's going to be announced and it gets pushed back or like there is no announcement or something like that. Right. So shut up until you have something to say. It should be the standard <laughs> operating procedure for video game announcements. Um, Big walk looked. It would look cute, though. Yeah. Also, like Black Myth Wukong. Mm-hmm. I've got to see another trailer for still interested in that. Um. I think Last Sentinel and First Descended also looked interesting. Though yep. for the life of me right now, I can't remember what those trailers even were. Uh, yeah. I just know that I had an interest in them. Yeah, they kind of have like a, an interesting style, but it's just... I don't know how much time I want to spend talking about games we just don't know anything yeah. about, right? Like maybe it takes a right angle into something that's completely disinteresting. Um, I would say for a lot of this, um, if you're interested... Go to YouTube and just look for Game Awards trailers. Uh-huh. They have a bunch up, probably through IGN or other s- sources as well. Yeah, but if nothing else, just let it spark your interest for some things. 
Yeah. Yeah, I would. Um, I want to. I want to do a quick, quick perception kind of kind of recap on a couple of these. Visions of Mana, continuing the Mana series. I know is going to be big for a lot of people. I haven't really played those games, but awesome. That one I expect will actually launch. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I expect it'll launch. Um, Mecha Break. We were all convinced was going to be. I thought it was a Gundam game. A Gundam Hands game, down. yeah. And instead, it's just massively infringing upon a Gundam game, but it's not actually Gundam. Um, and that's that's kind of a cool motif. Um, we've talked about how I don't play Dead by Daylight as a career, um, and the uh, behavior, the company behind them are making the casting of Frank Stone, which is kind of a pun in a horror game title, which I'm all for. Um and then the the last one, the one that I think really stood out for me was um, God of War Ragnarok is having a Valhalla roguelike DLC, and it's free. And it's like, that's awesome, right? Like, we're talking about how, like, we're kind of rooting for the indies here. I will root for the AAA if they're also just giving people a really good value proposition. So, yeah, never. I'll never shit on free DLC. And God of War is, like, the new God of War is excellent. Um, I don't know if they have a dollar value attached to the kind of goodwill that they generate through, like, the value proposition for that game and how it's just a really good, well-made game. But, like, they are establishing themselves as people that you... It's it's hard to hate. <laughs> it's, yes. Another part of that, too, is Christopher Judge, who does the voice of Kratos. Um in all of his stuff with video game awards and just interviews and talking with people just mm-hmm. seems like a really sweet guy has a yeah. really cool voice. And if you remember last year, he had like a very long speech. Mm-hmm. I think it was around like eight minutes. And then after that, they're like, all right, we have to start cutting people off because we have to go through all of these announcements, all of these sponsors, all these things. And it got memed on quite a bit. And then he kind of self acknowledged that, uh, this time around and they yep. kind of leaned into it because he started talking and they started playing the music uh-huh. um, and it seemed like it was a, a scripted thing but it was a very cute nod at, in acknowledging that um yeah he just seems like somebody who really cares about what he's doing uh in the game industry and he cares about game production mm-hmm. and working with really cool people and just again making a good concerted effort as a group towards a game because it's like game developers it's talent as far as like voice acting or acting um it's designers it's qa it's it's everything like it takes so much which is another reason why if like a small indie studio puts out a really good game it is all the more impressive that they're able to achieve greatness or the success with such limited comparatively resources yes absolutely right like why are indies sometimes more compelling than triple a games is a question every triple a studio should be asking themselves and using the answers to uh update their process um i i did i didn't want to answer that oh sorry go ahead yeah yeah. i i think it's a money ratio right Mm -hmm. like if i'm going to pick up fast food and spend a couple bucks I'm expecting a couple bucks worth of value. If I get more than that, awesome. Mm-hmm. If I go to a fancy place for dinner, probably going to be spending a lot more money than a couple bucks. But I'm expecting, you know, 
if I spent $30 on a meal, I expect it to be worth $30 in my head. As right. far as I think this was worth $30. I got X amount of food. It tasted great. Cool. But it's when you're setting up that price point of, hey, it's going to cost this much. And you have this many staff working on this over however many years. And then you make something that it tastes kind of bland. It's kind of generic. It's not really doing anything interesting. Yeah. Um, well, of course, I'm going to look at the other price point of like, oh, I spent five bucks on an indie game. And it, I expected so little that it kind of superseded my expectations. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I uh, I think that's that's absolutely accurate, right? Like if games that were very mediocre cost half the price, I would not be so hard on them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if your game costs 60 or heavens forbid $70, um I'm going to be pretty critical cuz there's a lot of games I can compare against that that yes. are less expensive. This is why I tell everyone I have a really small wiener. Mhm. Yeah. So Set the bar just... low. Mhm. So that anything else, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Set the bar low. Exactly. It's good life advice. <laughs> I don't know if it actually is or not, but it is life advice. Why do you think you're qualified for this job? I have a really small wiener. Uh-huh. Welcome to the uh-huh. welcome to the firm, son. Um, yeah, I wanted to briefly call out, before we get into the actual awards, I wanted to call out that uh, uh, he made a joke at Call of Duty's expense, saying yes. that his speech was longer than the campaign. Um and it was very brief. It was a light jab, but apparently people took to X afterwards and were like upset to some degree, either X developers or developers or people who felt like they had skin in the game. And I like I how guess... you said X developers in after one you case... said on X. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, the platform's just mocking them. Uh, no, like X um, Infinity Ward or Sledgehammer Games. I'm not sure. A uh, developer who was working somewhere else there. Um, who took some umbrage at the uh, the the offense, I guess, against them. And the fact that they really were the only studio that got ribbed the entire night from this one joke. Um, and to a certain extent, fair. But from another extent, Call of Duty won zero awards. Spoiler. Um, and their campaign, like IGN is not largely considered to be every gamer's, hardcore gamer's favorite interviewing platform, right? True. But they gave the campaign for Call of Duty four out of ten, which is nothing. It yeah. is objectively worse than if they had not reviewed the game at all from <laughs> like from a review standpoint. That is that is a absolute rebuke from a publishing uh, site that many consider to be pretty lukewarm in how they would generally review things. <laughs> game often broke i had no fun seven out of ten yeah exactly right um so if they're willing to go out and say that and they're comfortable saying that then uh i guess don't defend it right (laughs) like let let the critique happen yeah also like especially if there's like an ounce of truth to it it it's a better play to just kind of take it on the chest so to speak and then move on like Mm -hmm. laugh it off like you have to be willing to admit when either you have failed or if somebody perceives you have failed mm-hmm. and like say that there's an ounce of truth in that and look inward versus going like no fuck you man yeah and getting up. very defensive about it because it's not a good look even no. if you're correct it is not a good look right so i don't know if it's 
if it's coming from multiple places, mm-hmm. maybe check yourself. Um, but I also understand if, let's say you're just a member of that team mm-hmm. and you don't have control of everything and you've put a lot of time and effort into something and then it gets mocked. Yeah. You're like, well, I spent a lot of time on this. But it's like, at the same time, it's... Yeah. You just got to not take it so personally. Yes. Yeah. I think the the lower level you are in the development of a game, say you're in the Call of Duty campaign, the more reasonable, I think, the fact that you're responding on X or a social media site would be to critique. Um, but also understand exactly what Dave said is correct, right? Like, there may be reasons that this is being said, and you need to acknowledge those as well. Um, if you're high up in the company, no absolute like justification for it. You are responsible for the state that this ended up in, or you should be if you're accepting responsibility. Mm-hmm. And if you're completely declining, you're, you're like you're just putting shields up. You're not taking any of this. It's like there was room for improvement. We made some mistakes. We're going to change for the future. Whatever corporate platitude you want to say that accepts other people's feedback. If you're just saying no, no you, <laughs> you know, to like to this stuff, then uh, that's not really leadership. That's just, you know, it's kind of useless and it undermines the, uh, the the feedback here. So there are people who don't listen to critique at all. And I think that's the wrong take, but I kind of, I, I sometimes understand it. Um, but sometimes it's absolutely the right take to accept critique and not actually to respond to it publicly (laughs) which would have been fine in this case right you could have gotten it out of the news cycle in a day if nobody said anything but yeah instead you've got call of duty devs being defensive for a game that already is seen as a a, a miss so tldr uh don't don't tweet anything Yeah. yeah that's that's a strat just a thought um do you for the rest of the game some of the categories yeah uh so i guess we don't need to mention all of them i suppose were there any that uh stood out for you as absolutely this was the case that this game was gonna win it i mean there are a couple um best narrative i had a leaning that's either gonna be Baldur's gate 3 or alan wake 2 sure yeah. i have not checked out alan wake 2 Mm-hmm. But for how many things it took home and me already having an interest in it, it's definitely bumped its way up. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. In my queue. Uh, the best actor or voice acting. And I'll, we should mention that Alan Wake 2 did win that between Baldur's Gate and Alan Wake 2. Oh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, best voice actor as well um, was the voice actor for Asterion, Neil. Yeah. The, what's DeGrasse the last Tyson. Name? Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, <laughs> renowned physicist and voice actor. Yes, and like again, I didn't know every other character that was listed as far mm-hmm. as those nominees. Yeah, but they had Idris Elba for Phantom Liberty. For yeah, Cyberpunk, mm-hmm. which would have been fair, but he's also like he's known oh. for a lot more beyond voice yes. acting. It almost feels like a give the award a to the rich guy. Time, yeah, um, right in Hollywood. <laughs> But no, like even though we didn't have a stereo in our party for our current playthrough of Baldur's Gate, for reason um, I've seen enough stuff and had him in some other campaigns where it's like, yeah, he's really good at what he does. Um, so it's cool to see that. Yeah, fully earned, and he had like a great speech too. Not to, now that we're going to critique everyone's speech here, but it was very. 
heartwarming and very heartfelt. Yes, very heartfelt. Uh, and also, so I'm not taking up too much. I will just say for action game, sure. Um, I was leaning at being Armor Core Six, and mm-hmm. I was correct. Yes. And this was a uh, you know minor spoiler. The uh, this was the award for Armored Core. I think like in a less competitive year, they maybe could have taken a little bit more, but. Um, Armored Core 6 bought, beat out Dead Island 2, kind of a non-contender. Ghost Runner, which I think was a, a real contender. Mm. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush, also a real contender. And Remnant 2, which was like a uh, medium difficulty contender. Um, but yes, I'm glad that Armored Core got some representation. Some uh, They got an award. Um, mm-hmm. Game Awards this year, for sure. Well, Hi-Fi Rush took the best sound design. Yes, which anything anything that was related to sound, you figure they've got a pretty good a kind of a, a, a head up on because um, it is an audio game, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, they didn't get best score in music, but it makes sense that they got uh, best audio design. Who All you have you? to have is have your protagonist tap their foot to the beat. You're done. You're done. <laughs> Who did get best uh, soundtrack and score? So best score in music, beating out Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, and Hi-Fi Rush, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, um, which I believe, I'm going to double check real quick, but I believe Tears of the Kingdom, that was their only award, um, but they got one, so that's good. I'm going to correct you there. Which one did um, I miss? Tears oh, they of got the Act- Kingdom 1, Action Adventure. Yeah. Okay, that one's Soundtrack a big- and score was Final Fantasy 16. Best soundtrack. This is based off of your notes. Ah, okay. That could be. I'm looking at a different site now, and maybe I have it slightly incorrect. Um, One of the two of those. Uh, please fact check us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, because 16, 16 did get something. Uh, but you're right. I missed best action adventure in my notes. Um, that's a pretty big one, right? That was uh, against Alan Wake 2, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil, and Jedi Survivor. Uh, amongst those, though, I feel like Tears of the Kingdom is kind of a shoe in. I don't yeah, know. I yeah. wasn't super surprised by that. Yeah. Were there any like major upsets where you're like, I was not expecting them to take that? Um, I got I mean, so Alan Wake 2 was like overall, I think the winner of the show, they got so many awards. Them and Baldur's Gate got like a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, But they took art direction. Uh, beating out Hi-Fi Rush, Liza P, Super Mario Bros, and Tears of the Kingdom. And maybe this is just because I'm coming from the experience of like Alan Wake, the first game, but like art direction, I don't say I wouldn't say it's bad, but it's not like the best, right? It was kind of like relatively dreary, shadowy, flashlighty, blurred mm-hmm. together. I don't expect a game like that to win art direction, but they did. So, well, here's the thing that we haven't played too. Yes. So I know some. It's definitely improved, but mm-hmm. apparently it has improved a lot based on these results. Yes, it has. It has very good reviews. It's got to be added to the list. Um, <laughs> and I got to complete some of the other games that also won awards this list or this year. Um, but then, in the same note, a uh, best narrative. I a hundred percent expected that this was going to Baldur's Gate three. Some people might have wanted it for Cyberpunk, Final Fantasy 16, Spider-Man. But it went to Alan Wake 2, Best Narrative, which, again, was evidence like, we got to get this on the list. Yeah. 
And that is insane because Baldur's Gate 3 is so deep and varied. Yeah. Um, but I guess it doesn't have as much. It's more of like an overarching mm-hmm. um, storyline where you can choose a lot of different pieces of it based on your choices. Yeah. Um, but I guess for cohesion uh, and depth and conciseness, it's, I guess, Alan Wake 2. I guess it's very, which yeah. makes it's me, more of a character story. Yeah, way. that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another reason I'm very interested in checking it out is because it is such an interesting universe that I, I want to know what happens. Yeah. Um, games for impact, uh, somehow didn't go to Genshin impact. Um, <laughs> I actually didn't know any of the games for this category, which is kind of funny, but, uh, Tachia, I want to say. Tachia. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the one you have to say. Mandatory joke. Um, and then, uh, innovation and accessibility went to Forza Motorsport, which I was like, how in the world until I like look this up. And they have a blind driving feature where <laughs> like someone will give you audio cues for when to turn and how to turn and stuff like that. So that's actually a pretty amazing feature. I'm not going to lie. I don't know how many like racing aficionados overlap with like vision impaired uh, community, mm-hmm. but um, if that didn't exist before now it can. And I guess that does, you know, uh, w- that gets you an award. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of nuts. I had no idea that existed. Like, mm-hmm. I knew there's colorblind mode in some video games. I knew there's some uh, accessibility, not accessibility features, but uh, some settings if you did not like spiders in video games. Yes, exactly. Those, those are like the only two things um, uh-huh. that I had really come across. Yeah. I think last year, God of War won it because they had just a massive list of accessibility settings. And they were pretty ridiculous. Like, everything they let you configure. Um, more power to them. Yeah, power to the players. <laughs> yeah, <they have> the <laughs> old EA, <laughs> yep. I think slogan. Um, speaking of EA, uh, the winner for best community support was not EA. What? It was uh, Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> EA was actually not on the list. They didn't put a publisher in the game's list for some reason. <laughs> um. Which I feel like the only two real competitors in this category would have been Final Fantasy fourteen, which is consistently good. Consistently updated too. And No Man's Sky. Yeah, I know for Baldur's Gate 3, like when it launched day one, there were still issues. Uh-huh. Um, we were talking about it amongst our various Discord groups um, where you'd run into bugs. I don't think they were necessarily game-breaking, um, mm-hmm. but they were noticeable. I think right. for every session, we ha- we ran into something. Um, and they've been pretty good about getting that stuff fixed and turned around very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like every week I'm getting like another 10 gigs of updates yeah. uh, from them <laughs> as they continue to refine some stuff. Should they it all have been done ahead of time? Probably yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe certain things were missed because you didn't have that same scale of user base and testing. Yeah. Maybe those didn't come up. But yeah, I think there's some truth to that, right? if this game didn't actually have bugs and they weren't fixed and they weren't releasing as many patches, maybe they wouldn't have gotten this award. Right. But that's kind of a cynical take. The reality was there would have been bugs and they've responded to them. So that's good. And they've added some content too, actually that was um, probably cut. And then they just found the time to connect it into the game. Mm -hmm. And you always love to see that. Um, this one, this one's kind of for Shane, I think. <laughs> Special guest Shane. 
Um, so best mobile game went to Honkai Star Rail, which is amongst the gacha games. And I think, I don't know, I'm not a huge fan of it. I think we're going to see more gacha games in the Game Awards as time goes on here. But apparently this one uh, is a pretty good one amongst the genre. So That's uh, what I, I keep hearing. I have not pulled the trigger yet on checking any of that stuff out. Yeah. I specifically don't want to because of the very <laughs> genre of game. <laughs> yes. It is a game where even if it is free to play friendly, the design behind it is to extract your wallet from your body. Yeah, Path of Exile. It's <laughs> not yeah. making badass cosmetics that cost 20 bucks. Uh-huh. Um so yeah, we'll see here, but in the in the interim I will continue to uh send over all of my Amazon Prime keys that I get for Honkai Star Rail to Shane. <laughs> Recommend you guys do the same. <laughs> we'll, we'll put Shane's contact uh, information in. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll just send, send, put the email address in the description. Um, not yeah, going to do that. <laughs> overall, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 took a lot. It did. Including uh, okay. community support, which we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, best RPG. Nope. Best multiplayer. Which is impressive. Because I actually disagree with this one, but it is impressive. Jake's of the mind where you can experience more of the game through a single player thing versus even playing with me. I'm essentially to a degree a wrench in the works mm-hmm. as far as because I'm doing my own RP. Jake's doing his own RP and we're kind of working collaboratively. Yes. But I'm sure there are some times where we want to make different choices. Right. Um, you literally decide who talks to an NPC and that's the only person in the driving seat for that conversation. Yes. That is a very Which always feels a little a little odd. Shortcoming, um, right. Even the tabletop game doesn't work that way. So, anyways, minor critique. Uh, player's voice as well, which mm-hmm. I forget what that category represents. Do you recall? I don't actually know. Uh, 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 homework for the listeners. I know what player's voice means. <laughs> Send it into us. <laughs> I'm going to assume it has to do something in the, the fans voting. Uh-huh. Um, and most notably, it mm-hmm. won Game of the Year. It sure did. Which I do not think actually surprised anybody. Yeah. Um, especially with the whole backlash of, how can we make games this good? You're raising the bar. Uh-huh. Uh, stuff that happened earlier this year. Um, granted, this was a long project uh, for Larian. I think it's it said that it took them six years. Yeah. Um, they said but, it was... I love this line. This yeah. directly relates to what you're saying. They, they said it was their pandemic game. The reason I love this line is because so many game studios were like, our development fell apart during the yes. pandemic. We had to work everything. We had to like figure everything out. And Larian's just like, we had so much time. We just like made the best <laughs> game we could. And it's just like, this doesn't line up, guys. One of you guys might be wrong about mm-hmm. how this is supposed to go. No, they really kicked ass uh, in it, and I think it shows. Oh, yeah. uh, if you look at anything with it, it's it really does stand out. Mm-hmm. And do recommend it. I'm not gonna go through flating it too much. You already know that we're both big fans. Yeah. Um, we probably will have a, a formal episode on it at some point in the future, but I think it fully deserved to win. Oh, a hundred percent. I want to mention the competition for game of the yes. year, right? So Marvel Spider-Man 2, I don't think was a big contender. Excellent game, I'm sure. Not a big contender. Resident Evil 4, same. Super Mario Bros. Wonder, same. Tears of the Kingdom, low-tier contender, I think, by compared 
to some of the others, but some people probably wanted it. And then Alan Wake 2, which is apparently the only real yes. high tier competition, I think, which is crazy to say. Like, why is that game so good? Again, going to have to check it out. But um, but yeah, winning game of the year. A million percent deserved. Like they literally are going. They, they, they deformed the RPG market and the expedit like of the entire genre for the classical RPG. And there's a bunch of games in development right now that kind of just had their lunch eaten in a way mm-hmm. <laughs> because people are going to be comparing them to a higher standard. Um, and I mean, good on Larian, right? Push the medium. Yeah. Um, I would like to, I would like to see more of this style of RPG uh, going forward. Because mm-hmm. uh, I very much liked it in Divinity as well. Yeah. It just feels very immersive. You have a lot of options to do things. It's not so linear. We're like, oh, I've had the same experience as uh, J- Johnny down the street, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And to be polished to this degree. And again, I'm running this with not even the highest level of graphics. Um, but it is gorgeous on so many levels. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. No, it's 100% completely earned. Um, or a million percent or whatever I said. Um, shout out to Larian. We'll have your episode out at some point. We just actually have to finish your game. It's That's the problem. It's too long. That's the, it's so <laughs> that's, long, that's dude. The con. <laughs> and if you only play once every two weeks or once every three weeks, it takes a while. It does take a while. Um, but I don't think too many people are going to be surprised by that. Um, and any other winner, I think, would have been a disappointment. Um, which is probably a good sign that they pick the right game of the year. Um, that would be such an excellent note to go out on. Because... I'm not going to, because <laughs> I don't know how to actually pace these. Uh, the my, I, I want to mention an upset for me. You might have asked this specifically, but I, I hadn't reached it in the list to remember it. Okay. Um, the most anticipated game went to Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And the other thing that was on this list was Hades 2. How in the world are people looking forward to Final Fantasy more than Hades 2? What is wrong with you people? I don't know. I think people who enjoy JRPGs have... There's something off about them. I don't know what it is. Um, I say this full well knowing I have so (laughs) many friends who love so many JRPGs. Uh I'm just... I just... It's not for me. Um, Yeah. I think I need to play Persona 5 and maybe I'll become a convert. It is pretty Um, good. I will. That's what I hear. I will recommend it. You play it on PC now. So you play Royal on PC now, which is nice. Hmm. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more about Hades too. Maybe at the end of the year episode where we talk about what's upcoming. Um, but it should have won most anticipated game. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, for my personal bias as well. Yes, I would. I would say that's the case. Yes. Yeah. But. Thank you guys to listening for our review recap of the game awards and also an extended discussion about food and all of the other stuff that we usually cover before we, we get, get into our standard content. Um, Gaming the awards, game of the year awards seems like they're, they're popping off. Uh, E3 is not as much of a thing anymore. It's becoming even bigger space. Um, so I think we'll probably continue to do this segment as long as they keep doing it. Um, that is the hope. I just, I would like to see more actual 
direct stuff with like the the fan base Mm -hmm. because there are definitely some things that are i don't want to say like dad humor oh yeah they should strip all the humor out of it actually all of their attempts are always bad it does not land (laughs) as far as i'm aware uh for anybody who i know Uh uh-huh like i thought it was really cute when they had uh god i'm blanking gonzo Uh uh-huh as like a little guest thing yeah that That was a very cute tie-in i appreciated that Mm -hmm. i'm also a muppets fan but when they're trying to be like oh uh something about a different personality when i cloned myself at the mit research something lab i'm like what yeah what is this? it's such a it's such a stretch um i don't know uh yeah they definitely they definitely could prove that improve that a little bit i think even if they just focus tested the jokes <laughs> against a group of non-sycophants mm-hmm. pretty much none of them would land and you'd be like okay maybe we don't um but Overall, it's still an enjoyable experience. It was fun getting together with friends and also making fun of some of these jokes in real time, you know, in Discord. So, also when they would do certain zoom ins on certain people mm-hmm. in the audience, <laughs> yeah, or when Flute Guy got his appearance again, uh-huh. uh huh. It always makes for some. It makes it fun to watch it live. You're it's not going to get that from just watching the trailers it's online. Very true. Absolutely true. Well. Uh, for you guys, thank you for listening. Um, if there was something that we covered from a, a hot take that we had that you very much disagree with, or perhaps something in the Game Awards that you disagreed with, and you want your voice to be heard, um, I think we can agree we are a stronger platform than the Game Awards. We can get your voice amplified and out there. Amplified it? Amplified and out there. Send that feedback in. Soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Or... Join the discussion on Facebook, dwindling platform, but um, we're holding it afloat by the still the the strength of of the podcast. Facebook.com slash soapstone podcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night.